Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want you all to know today what a joy it is to be able to say to everyone this morning online, welcome. It's been uh, since uh, on May 10th, we opened up our church services and and, um, and I apologize, I just simply assumed people would be rushing back to church, but because of COVID, a lot of people have hesitated, and, and, uh, but I want you to know the church is the safest place you can come to. Amen. It really is. It's the place where, where you, you are, you come face to face with the great physician, his name is Jesus, amen. and it's, a, amen, hallelujah, it's a great place uh, to come, it's a place of protection, a place of spiritual provision, and a place where you can find peace in your heart. And there's so much chaos going outside these walls in the world, but thank God, as we grow in grace and truth, we become spiritually strong in the inside so that we can conquer everything that's coming against us on the outside. Can I have an amen? Amen. And so, welcome everybody. I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. We're going to begin there this morning, Hebrews 11. We'll go from Hebrews 11 over to Romans for a minute and do a little bit of a review. We've been teaching on the subject of faith. We found out that faith has a voice. I mean, active faith says something. We're going to see that from the scriptures this morning. But we begin with Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says this, Now faith is the, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now when the evidence of things not seen. Now when the writers wrote this, you'll discover uh, all the way through Hebrews 12, when the, when, the, when the Apostle Paul wrote this specific scripture, it was, he, he had his mind on one thing, that's eternity. This life is... Uh, I shared this last um, uh, um, uh, this past week at uh, Bill Larson's funeral. He went home to be with the Lord. And as this life is, the Bible says in the book of James, is like a mist. You hear one day and gone the next. And, of course, you know, you, 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 you hear that, and when you're young, you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really does. When we came here, Vicki and I, we came here in, in 1981, she was 27 years old, I was 30 years old, and we blink, and she's still 27, and I'm 70. I don't know what happened. But anyway, we, uh, we, it just went so quick and so fast, we didn't, you know, we didn't realize it. And I think every one of us can admit that, hey, if we realized how fast life would go, we'd stop for a moment and make some uh, better choices. But here we are, and I'm glad that God's word prevails, his spirit prevails in us and keeps leading us, and we're grateful for that. But faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of the things not seen. And then verse six, 6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, that's God, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, it's interesting. It says, without faith it's impossible to please God. The word please there means to be in mutual agreement with. I mean, you've got you to gotta get in agreement with God if God is going to manifest his glory in your life. Can I have an amen? You can't live your life in doubt. You can't live your life in fear. Yeah, God wants you to live your life in faith, trusting him, especially in the days we live in. Live in. I, I've never, now, again, we're old enough to realize that we've already lived the 50 years that many of you haven't lived, but there's never been a time in, in, our, in our, the 20th or 21st century, well, you know, since World War II, where there's been so much um, chaos in the world overall. And so we're living in the, and of course every generation says this, but we are living in the days of Christ's return and we want to make sure that we're ready. Can I have an amen? So every Bible figure, everyone in the Bible that, that knew God uh, walked by faith. 
they trusted God on a daily basis, hallelujah, and, um, and they, did, they did supernatural things, and they did that through the spirit of faith or being in full agreement with God. The God kind of faith is inherent in the spiritual DNA of every person. God put it there. Even the heathen believes something. Even the atheist believes that there's no God. And so everybody can believe. It's like it's, believing God is as easy as breathing. God put that on the inside of you. And yet, on the other hand, we have all sorts of other things that come into our lives to try to, try to get us to walk in fear and to doubt God's word. Romans 12, 3 says, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And this measure of faith that saved you, praise God, is the measure of faith that will empower you to live the God kind of life. How important is your faith? It's kind of like this morning. You need faith to worship God. Amen. Amen. Uh, faith is required to love God. Faith is required to serve God. Amen. Faith is required to obey God. There's so many stories in the Bible where people were required. I love the story of Peter when Jesus was walking on the water one day to come to them. In fact, one translation says, out of the Bible, one book the Bible says that he actually would have passed by them. He didn't even know they were out there because he told them to go to the other side. And he didn't, he didn't even realize that they were out there. And he, he was going to walk by them. And then they saw him and they cried out for fear. They didn't cry out for faith. They cried out for fear. Well, you and I would too. Anybody see somebody walking across the water, it would freak you out. <laughs> and, of course, he comforted them and says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Amen. But fear is one thing that tries to get on us, especially in regards to the days we live in, and we have to trust God no matter what. Amen. Now, in Romans, the 10th chapter, let's go there, Romans 10, and again, just to rehearse just a little bit of you that have been here and for you that are online, this will inspire you. In Romans, the 10th chapter... We've discovered that faith is found in two places, and we're going to read that right now. Romans 10 and uh, verse uh, 6. But the righteousness, which is of faith, speaks on this wise. Let me just stop and say this. Right standing with God comes only one way. It's through our faith in or our believing in the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. That his blood was shed and his blood, the blood was enough to cleanse us from all sin so that we could have right standing with God. Right standing with God doesn't come by works. It only comes by faith in what Jesus already did. And if you believe that, shout amen. amen. It is true. You have right standing with God. So the righteousness of God speaks on this wise or has a message. Right standing with God has something to say. What is its message? Verse 8, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess with your mouth Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life and believe in your heart in the resurrection power of God to change your life, praise God, your life will be changed. Can I have an amen? amen? That's what he's talking about there. So faith is found in two places, in your mouth and in your heart. And um, I always get a kick out of the, some of the farmers we talk to. You know, my dad farmed, and, and I, I loved it. Uh, being on, the only thing I didn't like is milk cows. That was, milking cows was not fun. And when you're trying to milk them, they kick you. Yeah? Or, or how about it when they're laying, laying in the gutters all night, and their tails are laying in the, in, you know, yeah, in excretion from, from their bodies. And then they swat flies, and the, the, the tail comes and hits right in the face. You think you got a tough job. Yeah. But anyway, I loved farming. It was, it, was a, it was a great experience. We learned the laws of sowing and reaping. Can I have an amen? Yeah. 
And um, I have no idea why I brought that story, but let's continue. Praise the Lord. But faith is found in two places. Oh, farmers. My goodness, if they got what they confessed. Well, I tell you, probably won't get any rain this year. We'll probably get too much rain this year. I mean, everything they'd say, and it would just frustrate me. But it's because of the fact that now I've learned this, that, hey, man, if you want rain, you better start confessing for rain. If you, want, if you want sunshine, you better start confessing for it and not shoot yourself in the foot, can I have an amen? But that can be t- for anything that you do on life, in, in life. So let, verse 8, let me translate this in the Greek for you. It's, he said the word, that, that word there in the Greek is the word rhema. It means the spoken word. So let's read it that way. Now the spoken word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word, the spoken word of faith which we preach. So active faith is always found in two places. Do you remember, you don't even have to talk and still you're saying something. You know, in, when Jesus was ministering to, people, ministering to people, the scribes and Pharisees, they would, they would reason in their hearts and say within themselves. And Jesus read them every time. So you can be saying things within your heart, even in a church service. And you got to be careful because God is listening to everything you say. And even though you're not speaking them out of your mouth, you're speaking them out of your heart, and eventually they will come out of your heart because out of the heart the mouth speaks. And so, um, yeah. And so you can actually be saying something derogatory in church and, and, and be judged for it because of the fact that, you know what I'm saying, yeah, God hears everything you say. And everybody said, oh, me. <laughs> Amen. Now, so Genesis, the first chapter. So let me say this. Faith not only believes something, Faith says something. Write that down. Faith not only believes something, faith, the God kind of faith, says something. In Genesis, the first chapter, we'll prove this. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And, and, and I'm going to read this how the Greek, excuse me, how the Hebrew, this is the Hebrew, okay? I'm not making anything up. This, I got this right out of the Hebrew. It says this. And the earth was without form. That word in the Hebrew means it was desolate. It was a waste, a wilderness, and, and then the Bible, King James said it was void. That word void means an undistinguishable ruin. And darkness, that word darkness means wickedness, sorrow, misery, destruction, death was upon the face of the deep. Amen. So we know, obviously, something catastrophic had to happen between Genesis 1, verse 1, and verse, and, and, and verse um, 3. Something devastating had to happen. Why? Because God never has, nor will he ever create anything of this kind of nature. There's no, there's no death, death or destruction in God's heart. Can I have an amen? amen. I said, can I have an amen? amen? So something happened. So what I believe happened is, just, is recorded in Revelation, the, the 12th chapter. And here it is, verse 7. There was war in heaven because Satan, Satan is the destroyer. John 10.10 10 says he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He's the author of darkness, the author of misery, the author of sickness and disease, the author of destruction. He is, okay? God gets blamed for a lot of things, but God is the giver of life. He's not the giver of death. And, and there was war in heaven. And the Bible says that... Um, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought against his angels. Guess what? But, but did not prevail. And everybody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Neither was their place found in heaven anymore. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. Now, there is right there the reason for devastation and death. And we see it today, uh, uh, we see it more than ever before. 
the, the, the corruption, the destruction, the devastation that's even in America that I have never, ever seen before. And who's the author behind that? It's Satan. And the sad part about it is that Satan uses people. Say this out loud. He's not going to use me. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can see here that that is the origin of all this. I just wanted you to see that. Amen. So up to this point in Genesis 1 verse 2, God hasn't uh, said anything, okay? He's silent, and the darkness is still there. However, in the midst of the darkness, there's hope. In verse 2, where's the hope? The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. When I read that, I immediately thought of 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage. Hallelujah. And all the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters, over the darkness, over the chaos. He's hovering, waiting for God to speak. In verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hallelujah. I mean, and the light drove out the darkness. Listen to me. Listen. Remember the Lord said to me a few weeks ago? He says, the measure of any nation, the, 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 spiritual, the spiritual environment of any nation or every nation, is measured by the spiritual temperature of the church. See, if 30 years ago, 40 years ago, we started this ministry, I was 30 years old, if we had simply just drove home the point, you kids, come on, every one of you get involved in the political realm. Every one of you get involved in the school boards. Every one of you get involved in all of the places of, of political power. And we would have, we would have, it's like TV. Years ago when Billy Graham went on TV, they had, uh, uh, um, well, Roberts went on TV, they had a fit, the church did, because the TV's of the devil. And, and of course, it has been used, but, the, but amen. Isn't that good? But if we would have gotten involved in these positions of authority, we wouldn't have the cast we have today. Amen. I'm just saying. I'm not trying to be heavy here, but it's the truth. If you agree, say amen to that. Amen. So God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. Amen. And from there on, God said, nine times it's recorded, and God said, and God said, and God said. Why? Because faith, faith is activated through speaking the word of God. Amen. Every time God willed something for man, he said it before he saw it. He said it before he saw it. God is a faith God. He speaks his word. I, I just love the, uh, how he said to the woman, the, uh, how he said to the serpent, the seed of the woman's going to crush your head. It didn't happen for 4,000 years. But God was so sure that his word would come to pass, he, was waiting till, he, was, he, was, he would wait till it happened, praise God. I'm glad he didn't give up. How about you? Amen. Amen. The seed of the woman came. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. So faith has a voice coming out of your heart, and out of your mouth. That's act of faith. Mark 11. In Mark the 11th chapter, we know the story of um, uh, Jesus, of course, was hungry one day. He walked by a fig tree. There were leaves on it. Now, when there are leaves on the fig tree, that meant there's fruit on it uh, because the leaves stayed on it until uh, the fruit's gone, and then the leaves fall off, and then it starts to bear again. And so Jesus came up to it, reached out to, uh, to uh, uh, satisfy his hunger and there was nothing on it. So he answered and said, no man shall eat of fruit for, uh, uh, of thee forever. And that was it. 
Then he, he, uh, he went a few hours later, he went to the temple, and he purged the temple. He cleaned the temple out because the temple had become a place of merchandising. Uh, all, all people were there was for, for personal gain and personal profit. And so he purged the temple and drove out the money changers and said this, my house, my house shall be called a house of prayer. By the way, we just had under 90 people at the first service, prayer service today. Can you give God praise? Almost 90 people. That's, that's bigger than a lot of churches. And that's why I want to encourage you. Come to prayer. Do you know why? Uh, the first service prayer. Because you, what you're doing is you're learning how to pray effectively. Praise God. Yep. Amen. Amen. Learn how to pray effectively. Come to first, uh, our prayer, the first service. Or it's actually second service. We have, we have the first 830 service. And quarter to 10, quarter after 10 is the prayer service. It's 30 minutes. And God will bless you richly if you do that. Amen. So Jesus purged the temple. And then, uh, and why, but why did he curse the fig tree? For two reasons. Number one, it had, it, it's, it, it had ceased to be what it was created to be, and that is a fruit-bearing tree. And then it ceased to do what it was created to do, and that satisfy a need. See, God, in, Hebrew, in, he, uh, in John 15, chapter verse 8, Jesus said, Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit. And, of course, he's talking about the fruit of the Spirit mentioned in Galatians 5.22. There's nine fruit of the Spirit. So God wants you to carry his presence into this earth. He wants you to bear fruit. And then he wants your temple to become a house of prayer. Amen. So that when people need prayer, God can call on you and say, hey, sir, why don't you go ahead and pray for that person over there because they need, they're in a crisis right now and they need me to move. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And uh, so, therefore, God can use this for his glory. So he said to the tree, no one shall ever eat fruit of thee uh, uh, from this day forward. So his word was activated with his voice. He spoke the very thing that needed to be spoken. And, of course, the tree, the tree responded. He spoke to the wind. The storms responded. He spoke to demons, and demons responded. How many agree that we have the same authority right now? Uh, as believers in Christ, the same authority, praise God, to set people free. Hallelujah. And then Jesus said this. After all that, Jesus simply said in verse 22, have faith in God. Say that out loud. Amen. So he was letting them know, have faith in God. Listen, and God will purge the temple and cause you to bear fruit for his glory. Have faith in God. For Then he goes on and says, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says shall come to pass, he's going to have exactly what he says. That is, that's called, we know that as the confession of faith. Amen. They used to, no, they used to kind of make fun of Brother Hagin because they'd call him the name it and claim it preacher. But there's a truth behind that. Right. Yeah. You, you are a, seriously, you are a total of your talking. Yesterday. Everything that you say that comes out of your mouth on a consistent basis will come to pass in your life. That's why James, and we're going to get into this uh, next week, that's why James says to bridle the tongue because your tongue is used for blessing and cursing. Shouldn't be that way, but it is. And so you have to learn how to discipline yourself so you just don't speak anything out there that you want to and then expect the blessing of God back into your life because the law of sowing and reaping works both ways. If you, if you believe it, say Amen. So what is a mountain? He said, speak to the mountain. What is a mountain? Well, a mountain, a mountain can be anything that you're facing in life, listen, 
that you cannot move without God's help and God's divine intervention. And listen, that happens in a lot in our lives. There's things that we face, we don't know what to do. But God said, why don't you go ahead and speak to it? Amen. Speak to it. Command that thing to change in Jesus' name, and it will. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. A mountain can be uh, anything that stands between you and God's best for your life. It can be a mountain of pride. It can be a mountain of rebellion. It can be a mountain of moral decay. All sorts of things can attack your life, but you have the authority over it. I said, you have the authority to do something. I said, you have the authority to do something. Isn't that something that we're always looking for someone else, someone else to help us when God's given you his name, his blood, his word, his spirit. He's given you everything, hallelujah, to speak to that thing and change it in Jesus' name. Even this thing about COVID, it frustrates me because it's almost, it's, oh, sometimes it's, um, and I, I'm extremely empathetic with people that I've had, and we've had a few people in our church that have had it. I, I'm not, I'm, it, it, I'm extreme, I don't want anybody sick, I want everybody well, can I have an amen? But sometimes it's a couple of things. I've heard people say, oh, I have COVID. It's almost like it's a badge. Because it's so unique. No, it's not, it's a virus. Or, yeah, it's from, from hell. Yeah, or, or they say it like, I'm going to die. No, you're not going to die, you're going to live and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm just saying, we have to be so careful how we approach things and how things are spoken into our lives so that, I mean, then fear gets, I mean, seriously, when this first started coming out in March, fear tried to get a hold of my heart. I mean, it tried to get a hold of I got the sniffles, you know, and, and, you, and all of a sudden you just freak out. When it's just the sniffles. I'm just saying, you have to get the counsel of God and speak what God says about you instead of just letting your mouth fly with the propaganda of this world. Can I have an amen? I'm just pleased here in my heart when I say that because it's true. We, I mean, we end, up be, we end up magnifying this mountain of infirmity when really it's a molehill in most cases, and you have the authority to get rid of it and drive it out of your life in Jesus' name. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you. Amen. Thank you. So if you want to change something, you have to say something. I mean, if you have, if there's, let's say you wake up morning and you start to feel sick, just start speaking to your body. I come in the name of Jesus. I command that mountain. I command that mountain of infirmity to leave my body now in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't put up with it. Don't babysit it. Don't stroke it. Don't call someone in and prophesy. If anything, keep it to yourself. And don't come to church and hug me. I mean, just keep it yourself. <laughs> I ain't stupid. <clears throat> My, whatever it is in your life, if you're being tempted with moral, moral, uh, uh, with moral temptation, speak to that thing. Command your body to line up with the word of God. Amen. Command your mind to shape up. I mean, you've got authority. I'm serious about this. The church is asleep, and it's time she wakes up and speaks the word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wake up, Paul said to righteousness. Wake up to what's right. Don't just flow with the world, get in bed with the world, and think your life's going to get better. Start declaring that Christ took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses, and by his stripes I'm healed. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Amen. Praise God. Whom the Son has set free, he's free indeed. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believes the things he says shall come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. I said this last week, but it's true. If you don't start speaking to your mountain, your mountain will start speaking to you. And say, you're never going to make it. You're going to die. The devil will kill you with a hangnail if he can. And so you have to, you have to speak the word. You have to declare what God said. I don't, care, I don't care if you're sick the whole time. Just speak the word. I mean, I'm serious about it. I mean, you may have COVID. You may get COVID and have COVID for three or four or five, six days. But just keep declaring. Keep practicing the word of God. Hallelujah. And you won't have it for four days. You'll have it for two. Can I have an amen? Just start practicing. Talking like God says. All right. I'm okay. First Samuel 17. Yeah. Come on. Give God a good shout of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Hey, let the people know out. Let the people know out there that you're having a good time at church today. <laughs> oh, hallelujah! Glory to God. We miss all of you. First Samuel 17. I want to go there. First Samuel 17. Now, just to show you the power of the spoken word. In 1 Samuel 17, we know the story. This story, of course, is about David as a young man. He's 17 years old, but he actually, out of all his brothers, he was the youngest, and he was the, he was the shepherd boy. He's the one that took care of his father's sheep. Well, his father sent him out to the battleground where the Philistines were in one valley, and the children of Israel were in the other valley, and they're about to go to war. And we know from the story that Israel, uh, the Philistines had a giant named Goliath. And this dude was big. He was, uh, he was over nine feet tall. Amen. That's big. Yeah. He's massive. I mean, I mean, he was a big boy. Not only was he big, but he was schooled and very, he was very, um, he, was, he was an excellent warrior. He fought many battles. He never lost a battle. And here he is coming out to threaten the nation of Israel. And the Bible says all of Israel, including the king, were, King Saul, they were just shaking in their boots. And so he comes out there and, and he says, you know what? I'll take on this guy. I'll take him on. No problem. And so uh, let's pick this story up. Verse 34. And the king said, well, I mean, you, you're, you, you're little dude, little ruddy looking dude. And he says this, David said unto Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went after him, and smote him, and delivered him out of his mouth. See, when we read this story, these are not, these are not fabricated stories. This is real. And I don't know about you, but the lion and the bear are the, they are the king of the jungle. I mean, you don't go after a bear who's got a sheep. I mean, I'd say goodbye. But David had built such a relationship with God that he was not going to allow. Listen, the sheep weren't even his. They were his father's. And, but he wasn't a hireling, David. He went after him, them. And the Bible says he smote them. And I like what it says here. I, he, then he rose up against me and I caught him by his beard and smote him and killed him. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. Now watch this. And this son circumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. 
Now, now I said in the first service, because it's true, it's not a misprint. He said armies of the living God, because Israel only had one army. So every story in the Bible has a spiritual parallel. He was not only talking about the army of Israel, he was talking about you and I, the army of God. Is that awesome or what? He says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should de defy the armies of the living God? David said, moreover, the Lord hath delivered me out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said, hey, good luck. <laughs> I, just, I just, the confidence, there's nothing happened so far. The Philistine is standing out there nine feet tall, over nine feet tall. He's got an armor bearer in front of him. He's, the tip of his sword was 25 pounds. I mean, this guy was massive and didn't even move David at all because David knew his God. Amen. David knew his God. Hallelujah. Let's go on. And uh, verse, drop down to verse 41. I'm going to go to verse 43. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that you come to me with, this, with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. See, the, there's a war of words. Philistine is trying to get into his head. And the Philistine said to David, come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. And David ran home. No, 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 excuse me. It doesn't say that. It says, David's, then David said, now David is going to declare his faith. He said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword and with a spear, with a shield, but I come to thee, thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite you, take off your, take your head from you, and I will give the carcasses of the host of Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts. I love this confession. Hallelujah. That all the earth may know that there's only one God in Israel. Hallelujah. I said there's only one God at Faith Family Church. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I love this. It says, and all the assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with a sword and spear for the battle of the Lord's. For the battle is the Lord's. He knew who was battling for him, who was fighting with him. And he will give you into our hands. It came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to David. And David hasted and he ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand on his bag, took out a stone, slang it, and smote the Philistine right in the forehead. That the stone, I love this, the stone, the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face with a migraine headache. And I love it. He, he, it stunned him. Didn't kill him. It stunned him. And so what did David do? He come around. He put his head on his his foot on his chest. Took took out the Philistine sword and cut his head off. David knew how to get ahead. <laughs> that's old. That's old. That's old. That's old. Amen. Amen. Is that awesome or what? I just love these stories. And you know what? All the Philistines wet their pants and ran the other way. Hallelujah. I mean, they just completely freaked out, and they chased them, and they conquered them. Hallelujah. Just because one young man had the courage to say what God would say. Hallelujah. And what God would do. The Bible says, and, Dave, and David prevailed over the Philistine, verse 50, with a sling and a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. Where was the sword? The sword was in his mouth. Amen. He defeated the Philistine with his confession 
before he got to him. That's how important these things are. You may think that your words don't have power, but they do. And I tell you right now, I think sometimes we welcome, we welcome spiritual chaos into our lives just by the things we say. Lift your hand if you believe anything I'm saying today is true. Absolutely. If we could just, I mean, if you've ever said something, man, if I could just take those words back. But I wanted to show you today that faith, even in David's life, was found in two places, in his heart and in his mouth. And it was the practice. All the warfare that you face in your life, listen, all the warfare you face in your life is an opportunity for you to grow. It's not, not the opportunity for you to run. It's, it's to grow. It's to grow in the Word of God and, and begin to talk like God talks. Hallelujah. I, can you imagine how God is waiting for someone to talk like he talks? Amen. And God does not talk defeat. Can I have an amen? amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. I don't know. I got to close here. Praise the Lord. But I just want you to see the war of words. But David had the last word. I said David had the last word. It was a word of victory. And that's what God has for you in your life today. Amen. We're going to pray together. And um, I want musicians to come forward. And, uh, but before we shut down the online, I want to pray with you today. And I want you to know the mountains, I don't care if they're relational, they're physical, emotional, financial, whatever mountain you're facing, you speak to it. You speak, in fact, I'm going to speak to it for you today. And all you, I want you to do is believe God. That's all I want for you to, is to believe God. Listen, I want you to know that God can take a life of brokenness and fix it for his glory and honor. He really can. I'm, I'm telling you by personal experience that God is a good God. God is not the author of death. He is the author of life. He's not the author of sickness. You don't, you're not sick because he's trying to teach you something. If that were the case, you'd be brilliant. Amen. I'd be brilliant if that were the case. And things aren't happening to your life just because you deserve it. Yes, your confession can have a lot to do with it. What you believe has a lot to do with it. But today you've heard the good news that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is, has been given to you so that you can move the mountains in your life. Amen. Congregation, would you bow your heads for a moment? I want to pray over everyone that is listening online. Now, I want you to know that God loves you today unconditionally. Amen. So, first of all, I want to pray over anyone out there that doesn't have Christ in your heart, or maybe you did. At one time, ask him, but you know in your heart that there's no evidence of God in your life today. I want you to pray after me. And congregation, you're going to pray this with me also. Dear God in heaven, thank you for your unconditional love. And thank you for the depths of your mercy. I believe your mercy goes deeper than my sins. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross, shed your blood for me, and rose again to give me eternal life. Lord, I believe that. So by faith, I ask you into my heart to be my Savior and to be my Lord. I receive you now. Thank you, God. I declare my faith that my name is written 
in your Lamb's book of life. And I have eternal life. And from this day forward, I will serve you with the help of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I also want to pray this with you. In the name of Jesus, I command right now sickness to leave your body. I curse it right now in Jesus' name. I command, I, I break the stronghold generational curse over your life in Jesus' precious name. God, bring healing and deliverance to your people today that are online. Just lift your hands and receive it by faith. And God, uh, we thank you. We bless you and praise you that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And we receive our deliverance now in Jesus' name. Let's all begin to give praise to God. Come on, everybody here too. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.